Appamada's programmes and facilities are supported through your generosity. Your support really does make a huge difference. You'll find a link for contributions on the website at appamada.org forward slash contribute. Thank you so much. Um, so, yeah, so what I just, what was happening that day, so I had just read this wonderful statement about enlightenment being everywhere, and then I went and watched the news. And so what I, what was the, the uh, news of the day was um, one of the heads of Hamas had been murdered through bombing, and um, let's see, the, the bombing was going on between Lebanon and, and Israel, and um, pictures from the Gaza Strip where there's not enough space for people, extremely overcrowded, there's not, not enough food, water, medication, or trees, etc. And then the last story that I saw, <laughs> and your face says it all. <laughs> the last show, that, the last program that I saw was or the last news article about another school shooting where one kid was killed and five were wounded. And then I went back to the article and said, hmm, really? So, um, yeah, we, we see so many horrible things that are happening and they're so far beyond us. And so, in the article, she says that um, enlightenment that Buddhism makes enlightenment is, is enlightenment is the promise of Buddhism. And she talks about how there's the flame, the flame that has come back from the beginning, you know, a millennia, where people who have been struggling and suffering, just as we do now, passed this playing on of the teachings. So it was the struggles and the suffering, and it was the beauty. It was also the beauty, the wonderful things that happened, you know, the, the child laughing, the sunshine, the flowers. It's both of those things that created the flame to move from generation to generation. And that brought all sorts of practices that support us on the path. And people passed these practices hand to hand to hand, encouraging one another to take part in the awakening of our world and for ourselves, for both, for the whole world. So the story behind the flame. Enlightenment, what is enlightenment? Enlightenment is true nature. It's true nature, and it's our home. And the co co complex com complexity, complex complexities. There's the word. Complexities of our human life make us forget. They make us forget. And so, consequently. 
We develop structures of habit, of conviction, of strategies to use in our life to defend ourselves from the desolation. The desolation that you feel when you watch the news. The good news is that we have these structures, but they're not real. The reality that we're seeing is not real. These habits actually exclude or obscure our capacity to see enlightenment is everywhere. So we have to dismantle them. That's what we do, right? We work on that. We work on those habits. We notice what we do when we sit with them. Give you an example. Easy. With my mother. We're doing pretty good, but all of a sudden I see it. It's coming. <laughs> the anger's building up in her. And my immediate reaction is, how am I going to fix this? Which never works. Um, but for some reason, I can't tell you why. I looked from a bigger container, and I just watched her. And it rose and fell away. Enlightenment's everything. So, <clears throat> there's this constant push and pull that we have. There's the push of our, and actually, it's a push and pull towards enlightenment, actually. It's the push of our own pain and the pain that we see in the world around us all the time. It's the pull. <clears throat> by the glimpses, the glimpses that we have of something larger and truer than our ordinary self-oriented ways of experience life, experiencing life. <clears throat> Buddhism says, yes, yes, we understand that. And there are ways to make these glimpses, these occasions, occur not by chance, not just by random chance, but by the, 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 so that they'll be consistently present all the time. That's part of the promise. One of the key ways is to make ourselves available. Make ourselves available all day to the grace we long to be touched by and spread that grace to the world around us. That is the Bodhisattva vow to be with it and, and spread it, spread it around. So, to be clear, enlightenment comes from the word bodhi, which more literally means awakening. <clears throat> so you have awakening and enlightenment, and they're just two aspects of the same thing. The word enlightenment sounds very static. Oh, enlightenment. Have enlightenment. It's this thing, right? But in reality, it's very dynamic. In fact, the way things are is enlightenment. And how we experience the way they are are the same enlightenment. So it is the vast, awe inspiring nature of the universe itself 
and the way we think, feel, and act, there's a caveat, when we're aware of and participating in that vast enlightenment manifesting as us. That's the awareness, the awareness of this difference. So, what does that mean? <clears throat> so it means that it's the ordinary way that we experience life in addition to an awareness of how everything interpermeates everything else. And, and that even the most difficult things are lit from within by the same undivided mind. That is how enlightenment is everywhere. That is how enlightenment is everywhere. An example, this is, this article is great, you guys gotta read it. You probably only have to have to finish. <laughs> anyway, it gives an example of, of this, um, it's a story about Tolstoy and Chekhov. They're walking together in the meadow in the spring morning. And they see a horse. And so um, Tolstoy begins to describe how the horse experiences clouds and trees and the brook, the water, the flowers, and the sun. And Chekhov says, you must have been a horse in another lifetime. And Tolstoy says, no, no. The day I came across my inside, I came across everybody's inside. It's beautiful. So revelations, we have the idea of we have enlightenment and then we have revelations of enlightenment which are part of the process of awakening. And there are many stages and aspects of these, uh, of these revelations. And it's curious um, that people can have revelations of enlightenment. And those same, same people can also act very badly. <laughs> and what's going on with that? Well, a revelation is not the same as enlightenment itself. And what can happen is when people have revelations, they take it into themselves and they get stuck there instead of moving along, moving along, which is part of that has to do with embodiment. So, but the one thing is clear is what, um, while what we awaken to is the same for all of us, how we awaken and how we express our awaken, awakening in our lives is particular, is idiosyncratic to the person. So as I said, enlightenment and awakening are two aspects of the same thing. Enlightenment is like a wave coming toward us. An awakening arises within us to prepare for and meet the grace 
of enlightenment and to hold it once it has come. Awakening is not or is different from a self-improvement project or being a better person. It's rather discovering true self. It's discovering that light within. So the revelation has to, to do more than just run through us. It has to stain and dye us completely in the midst of daily life. So we let life teach us how to embody the revelation. <clears throat> this awakening can't be obtained or attained. It is autonomous. Exist before humans were ever here. It is less actualization and more a matter of truth, as I said, and being aware of how things already are and becoming aware of the permeability of the self and the way we are continuous with awakening. It's true that sometimes things will stay, and after having a revelation, delusions are less likely to, you're less likely to believe them a little bit more, much more suspicious of them, and more aware of them. <clears throat> and you're more likely to recognize them for what they are, and explore them without getting tangled up in them. But what we often do is sort through our thoughts and we put them in piles of this is enlightenment and this is delusions and going back into that. But that's not where it is. The idea is to get underneath the self-orientation of sorting, the duality, and go back to where thoughts are rising and falling before we start saying, ah, Holding on to <clears throat> the awareness doesn't save us from the shared experience of humanity of human life, but it can transform how we take part in it. So we're still going to die. That stuff is still going to happen. But the key is is how we take part in them and how we see them. It means letting something speak to us without interrupting, without interrupting it with our habits of exile. So, how do we let things come in without saying before grasping on it? So, the important thing many important things, but we can, we can make a difference, we can have the possibility of enlightenment by working with our habits, by working with our convictions, and that's our practice, right? Pay attention to that. <clears throat> but part of getting back to the revelation 
is it's enlightenment is never complete until it's brought into the world. It goes back to the Bodhisattva's vow. The Bodhisattva's vow is to save all living beings, not just ourselves. So as long as we hold any revelation that we might have, any sort of awakening we have, as mine, or something special, it stays in the frozen cave, it might be the uh, cave of ghosts. And um, the way to get out of that is to turn toward embodiment, the embodiment of enlightenment, whatever that looks like for any individual person. It's the coming back to the world and saving others. However we do that, however we choose to do that. So, I want to kind of put that together and then stop. Enlightenment is everywhere. There are lots of horrible things in this world. There's always light in everything, deep down, there's light. It may not be shown. We can, we can shine our light, let our light shine more the more we practice and address in order not seeing things as they really are. When we start to see things as they really are, and this is the essential part, is the permeation between us and everything else. Seeing that, being open to that, being quiet. And also, what I didn't address, <clears throat> was what do we do with the stuff? What do we do with the stuff, the wars? And this, these are the things that we cannot answer. There are so many things that we just as human beings cannot answer. The questions that have no answer. And our job is to hold them, to hold them, hold them close. And know that they are unknowable. Be be with our struggles. To be in the world is to be with struggle, to be with suffering, to be in the world is to be struggling with suffering. But it doesn't end there. We don't have to. We can work on seeing things as they really are and seeing the enlightenment that can offer that can be seen as blessing. If anybody has any questions or comments, you're welcome to uh, present them. I have a question, Lori. When you say see things as they really are, and in the context of bad things happening, are you saying see the essential Buddha nature of everyone, even those who are 
doing bad things, or is it something else? That's part of it. That's part of it. Um, it's seeing seeing the emptiness of it, and that's I, I don't like. That's one way of seeing it too. It's all empty, but I it's more seeing the it's seeing seeing that situation of those people as they are also have Buddha nature and they're totally not aware of it by their bodies. You know, it's about finding the compassion. And that is not easy. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants that again. Hi, uh, Laurie. Thank you. This is a beautiful um, presentation, and I'd, I'd love to read the article. Um, one thing that um, um, it reminds me of in terms of how do we how do we find compassion for um, those who are so hurtful and harmful, and the um, uh, Thich Nhat Hanh's poem, Call Me By My True Names, where he says, you know, um, I am the, the girl who jumps out of the boat because she's either been raped or escaping rape, and I am the pirate who did it, who has not yet known how to, and I forget, maybe something known, not yet known how to express um, his suffering or something, something like this. So I am also the wrongdoer who is not there yet. Yeah. And um, the other thing is, um, you know, getting in touch with our own aggression when we see bad actors, because we all have it to some extent. Um, and then I don't know if this was a way to um, sort of offer something when, when you're experiencing something. So lately um, I have been using with a child part that's suffering. This is an overburdened child. Okay. Part. And I've been using a grandmother role for myself. So more take taking a step back so that I can soothe and comfort. And then I said, well, you know, to widen this out, I can think of all of the children who are all of the children who are overburdened. And then speaking of the news, there are these immigrant children who are working, you know, this, there's a child labor problem with all these immigrant children. There was a wonderful report on it. And you're watching them with video, um, fixing roofs and, and dying and falling, you know, to, yeah. So I was thinking of them and it was just a way of, um, you know, this is, you know, bigger than my child part and having compassion, um, for it all, you know? Absolutely. That's yeah, nice. so, thank you. Thank you. And I want to just say something too, that um, in the midst of all this horror that is happening in various places, um, it's so bizarre. There's the light shines through at times. And I was thinking of this incredible scene that was shown, it's been, Quite a while now, maybe I don't know, six months, something like that. And it was in Ukraine. And um, I guess the battle was over, it was in a city in, in Ukraine. And the 
um, the Russians were being captured, and the women of the town came out and fed them, and were so, you know, so kind of gave them water and so forth, and it was just like, oh my gosh, you know, what compassion they just <laughs> fighting with the guy who was there. So, you know, that's 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 the life that comes up, and it's, you see that kind of thing all the time, well, not all the time, but often, you know, in the most awful situation, someone appears and turns it completely around, turns it on its head, brings love into it. Well, I mean, maybe suffering, suffering is the road to compassion in a way. It, well, it brings it, brings it out. Yeah, I, I think it is. It's kind of like the yin and yang. There's, you don't have, um, yeah, you have to have one side or the other. In fact, you're not going to be, there's no room for alignment. There's no room for change if there's not, you know, there's no cattle. What else?